Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Hard to believe, but it's already week 15, and and I got to tell you, this has just been a wonderful time getting together on a weekly basis and just uh, putting these podcasts together for you. And uh, what happens, though, is sometimes we get a little anxious about the podcast, I think. So uh, there's nothing like Why do you like get anxious, having, Trey? Why do you get anxious? Well, it's pressure, isn't it? Yeah, Sitting across all... from me and, and talking with me and knowing that thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people all over the world are listening to every word we say. That's a lot of pressure, isn't it? It, it just can be overwhelming. And so, you know, you get this anxious, this, you know, you, you wake up at night, you don't have real peace know, anymore, right? and you're saying, what's going to go on with the podcast? No, but seriously, you know, a lot of Christians do have a lot of anxiety yeah. and worry. And, and even translates sometimes into fear. And, uh, and as a believer, they, I think they think that that's just a natural part of life mm-hmm. and it's just something mm-hmm. they have to deal with. And it seems to me that God has more for us than just uh, that as a people. And, you know, we are identified by this thing called we're believers. Right. And uh, we say that we have placed our trust in him. And yet, you know, Pastor Tommy, I, it just makes me wonder how this uh, fear and anxiety and worry all goes together with the Christian life. Yeah, we are, are a people that tend to worry a lot. But before we talk about worry, Trey, I want to ask you a random question. You sure. Ready? Yeah. Vacation. Where's your favorite place to go on vacation? Uh, let's see here. Well, I do like Universal Studios, but that's, that's not, not really a vacation. a vacation. No, not at all. No, it's just going and riding rides. But uh, probably if, I've, if I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose the mountains. I love the mountains. Really? Yeah, I really okay. do. I enjoy going down by the cool creeks and all that sort of thing. Well, that makes sense because you grew up here in the Charleston area. Exactly. So your life has been a vacation. You've lived by the beach your entire yeah, life. So just, you've, every day is paradise. Every day is another day in paradise. Yeah, so for us growing up, we didn't live close to the beach or the mountains we were three or four hours from the beach and three or four hours from the mountains and so to go to either Mm. was a treat and and my family always seemed to enjoy the beach much more than the mountains so when we thought about vacation as kids it was go to the beach Mm -hmm. we go to Myrtle Beach or whatever the case may be but now that we live in Charleston like you every day's a vacation for us we live in paradise and so my family would go to the beach quite a bit and so we went this uh, a couple weekends ago, we went to the mountains, which was the first time we've taken our boys to the mountains just to enjoy the mountains. So how was that? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was great. We had a, a great time. Weather was great. We did a lot of hiking. We saw some waterfalls. Uh, it was a great time. In fact, the boys loved it so much that when we came back uh, to, to, to Charleston and, and got settled back into our routine, uh, Luke said to me on the way home from school one afternoon, Daddy, the mountains... They feel like home. This doesn't feel like home. The mountains wow. feel like home. So apparently he found the place that he wants to live and all that kind of stuff. But but I think the reason why it felt like home for him is because for a few days, we got away. We got away from the pressures of life. Mm-hmm. We got away from just the routines of schoolwork and homework and all that kind of stuff. And we just enjoyed spending time yeah, together. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah those I getaways are, are good, aren't they? Those getaways are good to refresh us and to uh, just take a few days where we kind of release ourselves from the anxiety and pressures of the world. But as fun as vacations might be, vacations, they don't take away the stress, do they? No, they don't. I mean, when, just, when you come back home, it's right back to the grind, right? I mean, just the reality is, 
we can't escape the pressures of life. Mm-hmm. We can't escape the stressors of life. I mean, they're, they're just always there. And we people can't. people that do that on a everyday level that escape all the time, they have mental issues. So, you know, <laughs> that's, it's not tend, life. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, life is, you, you're going to have pressures and stressors every single day. Mm-hmm. You can't escape them, so you better learn how to deal with them. So, so we've been looking uh, in the book of Acts for, for a while now, and this past Sunday we looked at uh, just a, a fun passage of Scripture, a great story. Peter is in prison, an angel rescues him, uh, the church is praying for him, and, and just a reminder from that passage that you know God is in control. Mm-hmm. He is working in wow. ways that, that we cannot see. He is working for our deliverance. He is working for our good. Even though we might not be able to see it all at, at, at any given point, He is at work. And if we know that He's at work— man, we can have a lot less anxiety and worry. In fact, if we are convinced that God is at work in our lives, we can chill out. Wow, that's a good way to say it. Chill out. I like that. Yeah, I I mean, those two words will change your life, won't they? I think so. Chill out. So do you think when Jesus said, my father is always at work around me, that he he was talking about chilling out? He was saying, chill out, man. Wow. God's got it. My whole <laughs> right? my whole life has just changed in two words. Right. I mean, but seriously, if we would just chill out a bit, how would that change our lives for the better? Mm-hmm. I mean, chilling out with the understanding that we serve a God who is always at work because he loves us and he's at work for 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 his glory and our good. Just chill out. God's got it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We want to think, I think part of it is just saying, I'm going to hang on to this. Yeah. yeah. This is mine. This is my little kingdom. And I'm going to make sure that it works inside my kingdom system yeah. you know yeah and, uh, and 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 when you're at work things don't tend to work out so well but when you let god work in the way that he wants to work man things just seem to go a little bit better don't they oh boy and i Isn't wonder you know when you think about jesus and in in matthew chapter 6 when he talked about you know the the birds of the air and how god cares for them and provides for them and the flowers of the field and how god clothes them i mean he was telling his disciples don't worry if mm-hmm. god can take care of the birds he can take care of the flowers he can take care of you he was telling his disciples chill out and these are things that actually have no, you know, they have no way of doing those things. Right. They have no way of getting clothes. They have no way of being fed. Either they get fed or they don't. Right, and, right. And yet you see how God takes care yeah, of them. Yeah, and God was saying, man, you are much more precious than the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. I can take care of you. Chill out. Amen. Well, if we're going to do that, then I think uh, we need to look at a few uh, ways that we can chill out. What do, you, what do you think about that? Yeah, let's talk about some ways we can chill out. All right, so I think number one is... Know that God has ordered your steps. Oh, this is huge, right? So you think about a couple passages of Scripture. One, Proverbs 16, verse 9 says this, The heart of man plans his way, mm. but the Lord establishes his steps. Wow. Yeah, so you think That's about it. Huge. You and I, every single day we make our plans. And there's nothing wrong with making plans, is there? Making plans is actually a good use of time. We mm-hmm. need to make some plans. But as we make our plans, we understand that on any given day, we don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? We can plan for a career. We can plan uh, for our school assignments. We can plan to, just to make it through the day. We can make our plans. But what we don't plan for, what we don't plan for are those unknowns in life, right? Mm-hmm. We don't plan for a, a diagnosis of cancer. We don't plan for... 
uh, an unforeseen uh, financial crisis. We don't plan for you know a relational crisis. We don't plan for those things. We plan for good things. We plan. Okay, if I do this, this, and this, life will end up well. And 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 if I do this, this, and this, I'll get to my desired goal. And we don't think about just life happens mm-hmm. and and cancer happens and relational crises happen and and financial crises happens. We we don't think about those things, but they happen. Well, we live in a fallen, broken world, and I, I, and I assume that's why the Bible has so much to say about it, because yeah. we are, in effect, um, slaves to this world in, in the sense that uh, because this world is broken, there are times that these things, and a lot of times, I should say, that these things happen that we have not planned for right. and would not have planned for either. So That's right. We don't know what's around the corner. Mm. We make our plans not knowing what's around the corner, but God does know. That's right. Right? Uh, the heart of man plans, but God establishes his steps. Mm. God knows what's around the corner. He knows that diagnosis of, of cancer he's, that you're going to get. He knows that financial crisis that, that's going to hit your family. He knows that relational crisis that's going to hit your family. He knows those things. He orders your steps. And so, in other words, you think about God ordering your steps. He, he, he knows where you're at now. He knows your future, and he knows how he is going to bring you through mm. those things that you're not planning for. He knows how he's going to bring you through the cancer. He knows how he's going to bring you through the financial crisis. He knows for his good or for his glory and your good, how he's going to bring you through those things and strengthen you and grow you in the midst of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, none of these things surprise God. None of these things surprise God. It's not like God woke up and said, oh, I didn't know that wouldn't go, that was going to happen yeah. at Trey or I didn't know that was going to happen at Northwood. God knows. He knows. Yeah. And not only does he know, he is purposeful in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't waste anything. And I think that that that, that word is so key mm. to have the purpose of God understood that this isn't yeah, there's no waste with God at no all. No waste. Yeah. Yeah. It, it might feel like waste sometimes because we ask Ooh. the question, why in the world am I going through this, right? Mm, yes. But instead of asking the question, why am I going through this? What we should be asking in those seasons is, God, what are you doing? What are you trying to teach mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. What, what are you trying to reveal to me about, about yourself and how you want me to respond to your plan and purpose, right? Yeah. and, and God wastes nothing. And I agree. And I think sometimes when we, when, when we go through things, we try to get a little oversimplistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I was going through all that I went through with my aortic dissection, we were in the middle of uh, redoing a building. And somebody that I love very dearly said, well, I think the Lord put Trey through that so he didn't have to be involved in the rebuilding of the building. I said, <laughs> well, he could have broken my leg if you wanted right, to do right, that. Right, right, right. But, you know, uh, don't oversimplify, but certainly allow, say, well, what is God, what is the higher purpose and yeah, what, what yeah, I'm facing yeah. now, you know? I think that's important to see. Mm. So know that God has ordered your steps. He knows exactly what he's doing in your life. And when you realize that, that God has ordered your steps and he knows exactly what he's doing in your life, that really does help you to chill out, doesn't it? It does. And and I think that leads us to number two, because then it's much easier to, number two, stay on the path to peace. Yeah, I, I love what Jesus said. Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Paul talks about in Philippians 4, mm, 7, yeah. that there's this peace of God that we can have that passes all understanding. This is one of those verses. Mm. If you have not memorized this verse, this is one of those verses that you need to hang on to in the middle of the night when you wake up with these fears and, and yeah. the anxiety and the worry. Yeah. The peace of God that passes all understanding. That's right. right. The, tra- the, the, the greatest blessing that you and I have in this life is that uh, we have peace with God. Mm. That's the greatest yes. blessing anybody can have. Yes. 
That, 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 you know, what Scripture teaches us is that apart from Jesus Christ, we are enemies of God and mm-hmm. on our way to an eternal hell because of our rebellion against him. But God made a way for us. He gave his son Jesus who died and rose again for us. And if we uh, believe in him and repent and, and give our allegiance to him, we have peace with God. Mm-hmm. And that peace with God means, man, everything is right in our relationship with him. Uh, even if, if, we, if we sin uh, after we come to faith in Jesus, we still have peace with God. We're still right with him, mm-hmm. right? We, we are guaranteed by the promises of God that we will be with him forever. We have peace with God. Nothing separates that us from that. And if you think about Romans chapter 8, where Paul says, because we have peace with God, we can know that God is for us. Mm-hmm. Who can be against us? God yeah. is for us. We have peace with God. And so, so since we have peace with God, we can have the peace of God, that no matter what we face, since we're right with God, everything else is, is going to be okay. So why do you think it is that people can trust God with their eternal life, mm. something that's going to be for all of eternity, and yet the temporal things, the normal things, the everyday things, it's like they want to hang on to them. You know? yeah. they will, that's where they look. Yeah. They, they lose their peace in yeah. that. You know? And it's a shame that God's dealt with the hardest part, and somehow we think that he can't deal with the right. everyday stuff. It's the insanity of the urgent. Mm, right, I like yeah, yeah. That that those things that are are on the plate right now, the financial crisis, the 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 relational crisis, the the health diagnosis that we didn't want to get, those things in the moment drive us crazy, and we don't see past that. We don't see the bigger picture. We mm-hmm. just see what's right in front of us. It's the insanity of the urgent. Uh, but just reminding ourselves in the midst of the insanity of the urgent, there is a bigger picture. God is at work and we can have peace. There's a, there's a great story. And, and probably many who are listening to this episode have heard this story uh, because we sing a song uh, often in, in our churches. It is well with my soul. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you grew up singing that song. I grew oh, up yeah. singing that song. We still Love sing it. it at Northwood from time to time. Uh, but you, you know the story behind that song, don't you, Trey? Yes, I do. There was a man who wrote that song. His name was Horatio Spafford. He, he had a, a beautiful family uh, and he, lived in Chicago and he sent his family on to Europe. And so his wife and, and four daughters, they got on a boat to Europe. This back in the the 1800s, they got on a boat to Europe on their way to Europe. Their boat crashed with Mm. another boat. And long story short, uh, his four beautiful daughters all died. Mm. Wow. He got word back from his wife. She survived that that had what had happened. And so he got on a boat a few days later, made his way over to to meet his grieving wife. As he was making his way over to meet his grieving wife, when the boat came to the point where the the boat that his family was on had crashed, the captain came and got him and said, hey, this is where it happened. Mm. This is where your daughters perished. Long story short, um, he wrote that song on the journey to see his wife. He wrote the song, It Is Well With My Soul. In the words, I just think that he said, when peace like a river attends my way. But then when, he went to sorrows when like, sorrows sea, billows like roll. sea billows roll. Mm. He, he, he knew it. He knew sorrows. He knew grief. He knew, you know, uh, he knew, you know, just the pain of, of losing children. And, 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 and going back to what we said in, in, in the first point, he didn't plan for that. No, of course not. He planned for his family to safely arrive in Europe, but they didn't. He didn't plan for that, but God knew, right? And he says in that song, right, it is well with my soul. God knows it's going to be all right. Mm. It wasn't easy, but he had peace. Because he had peace with God, he experienced the peace of God in a moment when he Mm -hmm. really needed peace. And that's what we have to depend on God. You know, those are those times. I think in ways it's almost um, maybe the word is not easier. But when you have nowhere else to turn but to God. that's right. 
It That's is right. then that you can find that peace yeah. of God. Yeah, you know, and when we talk about peace, experienced before. I think when we think about peace, we think about peace being the, the, the absence of conflict. Mm-hmm. If everything's but going all right, so then, then, then I'm at peace. But peace isn't the absence of conflict. In, in the Hebrew language, the, the word that we use in Hebrew for peace is the word shalom. And mm-hmm. if you were to go over to Israel today, I mean, that's how people greet each other. Shalom, mm-hmm. peace. And, and this word shalom, peace, in the Old Testament, it really it carries with the idea of, of wholeness, that no matter what I'm going through, I'm whole. Wow. I'm okay, right? Wow. And so you think about, again, if you have peace with God, you have the peace of God. You're whole. Everything is all right, even in the midst of the storm. And so so for, for us, you know, to have that peace, it's, it's one, it's pursuing the peacemaker. Yeah, I was going to say, if we kind of keep our eyes on the one who gives us the peace. Right. That's exactly right. And it's trusting. It's trusting that the one who is mm-hmm. the peacemaker, he knows what he's doing even in my worst circumstances, he knows what he's doing. I'm going to trust the peacemaker. He's made peace with me so I can have the peace of God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trust the peacemaker, and I'm going to make sure, right? I'm going to make sure that my relationship with the peacemaker stays in good fellowship, mm-hmm. right? And so so what we know, Trey, is that because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we are eternally saved. Nothing separates us from the love of God. That's right. However, when we choose, even in our relationship with God, to walk in sin instead of walk in obedience, it does disrupt our fellowship with God. It doesn't change the fact that we're saved. It doesn't change the fact that we're going to be with him forever, but it does disrupt our fellowship with mm-hmm. God. And when you and I are just making sinful choices, that does, doesn't it? It affects our peace. Yeah, my, my, my worst times of lack of peace were not when I was going through the struggles. Mm. It was when I was out of fellowship with That's God. That's exactly right. You know? And yeah. it just, it kills you. It eats you up. That's exactly right. If yeah. you're in fellowship with God, walking faithfully with him, obeying him and living out uh, his will, then when those bad circumstances come, you have peace. So when, when, when we live the, living those kind of lives, I think a lot of our issue is we just need to deal with the sin that's in our lives. Yeah, that's right. And that's so right. uh, maybe if we wouldn't tell people we worry so much if we, you know, we understood that probably it's pointing back to something that's broken that fellowship yeah, with yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So chill out. Walk with the Lord, right? Yes. Walk in a right relationship with Him, and no, everything's going to be all right. He gives you peace. He's promised it. Amen. He has. And, you know, I think uh, we know that we, have, we serve a God that knows all. Mm-hmm. We, we serve a God that is all wise. Right. And so that leads us right to this, which is we, we then take advantage of God, you know, by saying, God, you have the wisdom. Yep. So take advantage of the wisdom of God. Take advantage of the wisdom of God. Trey, we, we talk about this so much, but, but we need to be reminded of it often. I mean, just just the reality that the God of all creation, the God who knows everything, who knows what he's doing in our lives, the God of all creation, he has given us complete access to his wisdom. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Yes. That God has given us access to his wisdom. You think about, and we looked at this several months ago when we walked through the book of James together on Sunday mornings, James 1, 5 and 6, if any of you lacks wisdom... Let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Mm-hmm. It's a promise. You ask God for wisdom, he's going to give it to you. He is wise. We know he's wise because God sent his son, right? And you think about in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, uh, Paul says that Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. Wow. So, so you want to see the wisdom of God? Look to Jesus. See how God put him on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins and see how he rose from the dead. That is the wisdom of God, his plan of salvation coming to fruition in Jesus. You can trust him. You can trust he is the God of all wisdom. And if you ask him for wisdom, he will give it to you. So more more than what 
would Jesus do? It's more like, what did Jesus do? Mm-hmm. So we're looking back at him yeah. to get an understanding of what would be wise in our own lives yeah. and how we respond yeah. to everything so, in so, our life. So, yeah, just knowing that Jesus is the ultimate display of the wisdom of God and mm-hmm. this God who has given us Jesus as a display of his wisdom and love and, 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 and desire to have a relationship with us, this God now says, you come to me. Mm-hmm. I am the all-wise being. You come to me, and I will freely give you wisdom. And we need wisdom because the reality is the reason why we have so much worry and anxiety in our lives is because we have not used wisdom. Mm-hmm. We've made lots of bad choices. Some wow. some choices is were certainly sinful, true? right? Some choices are just sinful choices. Mm-hmm. Some choices are just dumb choices. Yeah. We've made lots of bad choices, and those bad choices lead us to a place of worry and anxiety. And God says, wait a minute. You can make better choices. Yeah, and you can make wise choices. Isn't there a book in the Bible that talks a lot yeah, about wisdom I think somewhere? There might be. Maybe it's in the Old Testament. <laughs> starts with a P, ends with a Proverbs. Proverbs. Yeah. Yeah. There I you mean, go. right. I mean, and, and just think about it. Just, just practically speaking, mm-hmm. if you would just invest time on a daily basis to read Proverbs, mm-hmm. how much I, wiser would you be? I call it my wisdom search. Yeah. Right. You know, when I'm going through issues, I'm just sitting there reading the book of Proverbs and letting it speak to me. Oh, well, maybe that is what I should do. You know? Yeah. There really is a lot of wisdom, obviously, in that book of wisdom. And, and, and just Trey, just thinking about it, you know, I mean, how would life be different for you? And how would life be different for me if I just did what the Bible says? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think sometimes uh, the reason why we are experiencing so much worry and anxiety and fear uh, is because we just don't live by the book. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And, and we overcomplicate life, but it really does work. I mean, it doesn't mean it's necessarily simple, and it doesn't even necessarily mean it, it makes life easier, but I can tell you from experience, and you can probably tell it from experience as well, Trey, that when I live by God's Word, applying God's wisdom to my life, it might not make things easier all the time, but it certainly makes things better. Oh, it does. There's no doubt. And, e- you know, easy is not always the right way, though, yeah. is it? You no, know? no, no. Uh, sometimes you take uh, shortcuts. Yeah. Uh, we did that one on, one time in the mountains, mm, mm. and we almost went off the side of the mountain. Mm. So, yeah. you know, shortcuts aren't always the no, best way to easy go. Easy and shorter is not always better, but yeah. God's wisdom is always best. That's exactly right. So if we were read Proverbs, I think we can... We can uh, graph some of the wisdom into us, even if it's not something we're dealing with at that moment. Right. You say, oh, I read that. Yeah, I remember yeah, reading that yeah. last week or whatever, you know. So, well, let's let's uh, finish up with number four, and that is con- we need to continually look in the rearview mirror. What do we mean by that? Yeah, so there's a great story in the Old Testament. You remember the story, Trey? Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua, he is leading uh, the people of God, the Hebrews, into the promised land. There's going to be lots of enemies along the way they're going to have to defeat. But before they even get into the promised land, they have to cross a river, the mm-hmm. Jordan River. And and the way the story goes, it, it's flood season, the river is rushing. And so, so God does a miracle similar to what he did in the book of Exodus. He parts the river. And so you have uh, estimates are 2 million Hebrew people cross this raging river on dry ground. It's an amazing story, right? And and as they're crossing the river, God gives a command to Joshua and the priest. He says, go into the river and get 12 stones, Mm. 12 stones, and set them up in Gilgal. 
these 12 stones from the river and set them up in Gilgal as a memorial of this day. Because what happened, Trey, is, is, is after this particular incident in Joshua chapter 4, they would go into the land mm-hmm. and they would begin to defeat the enemies, right? And you can imagine that when they would go into battle, while God gave them victory, it was exhausting. And there were some enemies, I'm sure, that they thought, man, we will never be able to be victorious over these enemies. Gilgal, where they set these 12 stones of, of remembrance, Gilgal... Uh, became home base for them, a camp for them, if you will. And so they would, they would come back to Gilgal. And every time they came back to Gilgal, what they would, what would they see? They'd see those stones. They would see those stones. What and God they would did. be reminded mm-hmm. of what God had done for them. And when they were reminded of what God had done for them in the past, don't you think that motivated them to move forward in faith? Every time. Every time, every right? Every time, yeah. And so, so for me, it's continually looking in the rearview mirror, that, that when I look back over my life, I can typically clearly see how God has been at work through lots of different situations, through the good times and the bad times. When I look back, I can always see the faithfulness of God in my life. And when I look back, it motivates me to look forward and keep on moving forward in faith. And so every single one of us, we have some stones of remembrance, don't we? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We have those stones of remembrance. And you can tell that people have them because they say, I remember when God. Yes, exactly. And they go back and and, and that is healthy, yeah. you're saying. Yeah. That's, I'm, and I'm saying if you look back, you will never find a time in your life as a believer that you look back and say, you know what? God wasn't faithful. <laughs> no. He wasn't he there. I'm not laughing. and I'm laughing almost in, yeah. Not I mean, every funny. time, if you're a follower of Jesus, every time you're going to look back and say, yeah, I was an idiot there, but God was still faithful he to me. He was faithful in the midst of I it. made some bad choices, but God brought me through. I didn't do things quite like I should have, but God was there faithfully working and persisting in my life. Every time for a follower of Jesus, when you look back, you see the faithfulness mm-hmm. of God at work in your life. Exactly. You know, I, I when I went, again, getting back to this aortic dissection, you know, when I, I should have been dead, and, um, you know, the always saying, you know, I saw God work there. Yeah, yeah. He can get me through this. Yeah. I should have been dead yeah, then. that's so, right. I mean, you know, it's pretty easy for God to work this out. So, Trey, you saw it. You saw the faithfulness yes. of God save your life. And so I'd say this to you, Trey, chill out. Oh, okay. God saved your life. I will he do saved it. your life spiritually. He saved your life physically. Chill out, man. He can handle it, he can man. Handle it. He can handle right? it. Well, Pastor Tommy, why don't you close us out? It's been a great time, and, and we are going to learn to chill out. That's right. We Especially all need to learn. this uh, upcoming week. Maybe this is a special word for somebody, so That's why don't right. you just share with That's them right. right now as we close? Listen, we, we don't want to take light worry and anxiety because it is a big deal. We all struggle with it, but but there really is hope in Christ. And, and, and just be reminded that sometimes the best thing you can do is just chill out mm. and remember that God is faithful and that he is in control. And so we, have, we hope that this has helped you today for these few, few moments to take a few minutes and to chill out to be reminded of God's faithfulness. And if this has been helpful for you, we want to encourage you to share this with your friends and, and let them know about the podcast. We want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast because as you subscribe to this podcast, you will get new content delivered to your device every single week. And if you like this podcast, leave a review because when you leave a review, that helps people find us on their podcast provider. If you don't like what you hear, don't leave a review. We don't want bad reviews. We just only want good reviews. Right, Trey? That's it. So leave us a review and we appreciate it. But we hope, as always, that this podcast has helped you connect faith to life.